2: These days, there are a million and one ways to find out what music is hot and trending. But it takes real experts, real adventurers, to dig deep and unearth the true
3: gems. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. We've got another trove of musical buried treasures. Plus, we review new albums by Brian Eno and First Aid Kit. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions.
2: You're listening to Sound Opinions and Greg, we've been big on Sweden lately. You know, we did the Swedish World Tour, part of our World Tour series last year, and we did a show on ABBA not that long ago, and now we're going to be talking First Aid Kit's big American major
3: label debut. That's later on in the show, Jim, but first we got to dig up some buried treasures.
4: Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Them's my treasure, and I'm a burying them where no
0: one will know where they're at but me.
2: Oh, we love that theme music because it means it's time for a buried treasure episode. We get to do this a couple of times a year, Greg, where we dig deep records that are pretty much under the radar. Some people will have heard of them, but they're not getting huge mainstream exposure, and we think they should. For one reason or another, we haven't gotten to talk about them on the show yet, so we always have a long list of these piling up, both you and me.
3: Yes, we do, Jim, and I want to start off with a band out of L.A. called Ken Wakan. That's K-E-N-W-A-K-A-N. It's derivative of this Filipino term, which means basically atmosphere, space, and the reason for the Filipino terminology is that two members of the band are of Philippine origin, the singer Christian Batista and the producer-guitarist Peter Patendi. They've teamed up with this classical minimalist composer named Georgie Lenov, And created this haunting sound, sort of a mix of soul music and a little bit of noir jazz and electronic and psychedelic elements. uh, Kind of a mishmash from this cool sounding debut album called Moving On. The track I want to play, you may have already heard, it's starting to pop up in a few spots for TV ads, for things like Game of Thrones and other programs, and it sort of fits that sort of epic atmosphere that this song is creating. It's called Like I Need You from Ken Walken on Sound Opinions. One of my buried treasures, like I need you, from a new group out of L.A. called Ken Walken. Jim, what do you got next?
2: Greg. Generally speaking, I am dubious of movie stars who try to have a musical career. Don't talk to me about Gary Sinise or Russell hmm. Crowe or even the Bacon Brothers. But the actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead is about to put out a great album with producer Daniel Nakamura. Dan the Automator, the man who worked with Cool Keith, Handsome Boy Modeling School, Gorillas, Deltron 3030. He was in our studio. You know he's a serious music maker and she must be a serious songwriter and vocalist for him to work with her. Indeed, she is. They met on the set for Scott Pilgrim versus The World. She was the female lead in that movie and made plans to make a record together. She is obsessed with French 60s pop, Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg, Bridget Bardot, stuff like that. Well, of course, he's Dan the Automator, right? I think what they've come up with is a wonderful cabaret, lounge music, space age bachelor pad record that is the perfect antidote to Lana Del Rey All right, it's got none of the hype and obnoxious uh, role playing that Lana Del Rey resorts to but a better sound and I think a much better voice Mary Elizabeth Winstead is absolutely a better singer just listen to this and see if you don't agree it's the lead off track from the album which is called I Love You but I Must Drive Off This Cliff sense of humor there the song's called Did We Live Too Fast by Got A Girl the name of their duo collaboration on Sound Opinions
3: That is Did We Live Too Fast on Sound Opinions, Jim DeRigatis' Buried Treasure from a group called Got A Girl that includes Dan the Automator. We had his other group, Deltron 3030, on Sound Opinions a few months ago, and you can check out that performance at soundopinions.org. I'm going to go to Australia for my next Buried Treasure, Jim, an artist by the name of Courtney Barnett. When we say Buried Treasure... I'm saying that only in terms of the fact that we haven't really gotten to this artist or her records yet. But she's really started to create a bit of a stir in the indie underground beginning late last year when she made her American debut at the CMJ Music Marathon. She was coming to this country on the back of a couple of EPs that she put out herself on her Milk Records label in Australia, one in 2012 and then one last year. Now she's combining those two EPs into something called the double EP, a sea of split peas that basically puts together all her music so far. And what a batch of music it is. The track I'm going to play is describing a panic attack that she had, trying to do a common everyday task. You know, she's out in her backyard doing a little gardening, and she realized, you know, I'm just not very good at this. In fact, I'm having trouble just breathing doing mm. this. And <laughs> I, I think we've all been there, kind of felt out of our element doing something that a lot of other people do as second nature. It's Courtney Barnett with a song called Avant Gardener on Sound Opinions. Avant Gardner from the double EP, a sea of split peas from Courtney Barnett on Sound Opinions, one of my buried treasures. What do you got next, Jim?
2: Greg, first, I'd like to say that we're always open to suggestions for buried treasures. Anybody out there got one? Give us a shout at soundopinions.org. You know, I'm going to go to a group that's been around for a while, Greg, called the Muffs. They split in the late 80s from a pioneering Los Angeles garage band, an all-woman group called the Pandoras. Led by Kim Shattuck, she started The Muffs with Melanie Vaman as an alternative to that band. And they put out a number of records through the 90s, the alt era, cult favorites, each and every one. Never a huge success, but most people probably know the name Kim Shattuck because last year, the Pixies, after the departure of Kim Deal, tapped Kim Shattuck to come fill in. That only lasted a couple of months, and then she was out of there, and now they've got somebody else who is not named Kim. Uh, Now it's been a decade since there was a new Muffs record, but we finally have one. It's called whoop doo The new record isn't doing anything different. It's garage, pop, great melodies, silly lyrics. It's absolutely wonderful. It's like they just formed yesterday, and they can't wait to unleash this music. Just listen to this song, Weird Boy Next Door by the Muffs from the new album, Whoop-dee-doo, on Sound Opinions.
5: A little weird wasted to me
2: next door from the new muffs album whoop doo on sound opinions one of my buried treasures coming up on sound opinions from wbez chicago and prx we'll play more of our musical buried treasures and later greg and i review two new releases from music pioneer brian eno and the swedish duo first aid kit
3: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Kot with Jim DeRogatis, and we're running down some buried treasures under the radar tracks that uh, we think you need to hear about, stuff that we haven't been able to get to in the last few months due to the very busy schedule we have at Sound Opinions here. And that, that's one of those records by that group called the Claudettes, their debut album Infernal Piano Plot Hatched with an exclamation point, and uh, a track called Deep Soul for High Society. It's a two-person band, a guy named Johnny Iguana on piano and Michael Kasky on drums. These guys have been around the Chicago scene for a number of years. They played with people like Buddy Guy and Otis Rush and Chuck Mangione and Coco Taylor, very experienced sidemen on the scene. And they were put together in 2010 by a woman named Miss Claudette. That's the name she goes by, Miss Claudette, to play at her bar and grill in downstate Illinois. Now, the bar and grill closed down in 2011, but she kept these guys going as a duo and started booking them in shows in very unconventional venues. Uh, We're talking about, like, video stores, fast food parking lots, office supply warehouses. And then, you know, they would play like a, a blues club. So they've been going ever since, and they finally got enough original material together to put together this album called Infernal Piano Plot Hatched. Now, the way the guys describe the music, I mean, there's definitely some blues and soul and jazz influences in there all mashed together, but what they say it really reminds them of is cosmic cartoon music. If you guys are fans of those Raymond Scott cartoon scores, I think you're going to love this next track that I'm going to play. It is the title track from the album, Infernal Piano Plot Hatched, from Claudette's on Sound Opinions.
2: Infernal piano plot hatched from the Claudettes on Sound Opinions, a Greg Cott buried treasure. I'm going to lay one on you now, Greg. Freddie Ross is a New Orleans-born and bred musician who has invented a genre of hip-hop that uh, the Underground has long been calling bounce music. Freddie records under the name... Big Frida, the Queen Diva. Frida, F-R-E-E-D-I-A, but he says it, Frida. Freddie is a real character. You know, so much attention was given last year to Macklemore and Lewis for protesting against homophobia in hip-hop, a genre that has been known for being homophobic. Frida is... A gay man who dresses as a woman but doesn't want to be identified as transgendered. I'm just a gay male, he says. You can call me he or she. I, yeah, I wear women's hair and carry a purse, but still. And what's interesting about the music is both the sound. Some people have called it sissy bounce when he's doing it, but it's just bounce music. I think it's kind of the New Orleans equivalent, uh, the meter's rhythm joining up with that Washington, D.C. go-go sound. I mean, this is a party funk rhythm and it's just irresistible and then the lyrics you know Frida is often playing the bad boyfriend. I'm the bad Mm. man who treats my lovers uh, poorly, right? But it becomes enlightening and empowering because of course he's a gay man and he's just playing with this pose. There's other times where he's just partying. Like the groove I'm going to play, I think there's a lot of Neptune's influence uh, in this song. Other people have said it's kind of Diplo-like. Frida has just released earlier this year his fourth album. I think it's getting more attention than any he's put out in the past, although he's been at this for two decades and he's well known as an influence in the underground. This is a song called Dangerous by Big Frida from the album Just Be Free on Sound Opinions.
6: Everywhere we go is dangerous. I am so dangerous. Everywhere we go is dangerous. I just want to
7: be dangerous.
6: Everywhere we go is dangerous. dangerous. Everywhere we go is dangerous. dangerous. Everywhere we go is dangerous. Dangerous.
7: Dangerous. dangerous. dangerous.
6: I'm safe.
3: Dangerous from Big Frida on Sound Opinions. Jim DeRogatis' buried treasure. I couldn't agree more, Jim. Big Frida is an awesome spectacle in performance. Horse. Yes, indeed. You know, let's go back to Sylvester in the disco era. Big Frida is yeah. Sylvester for the 21st century, right? My final pick for a buried treasure is going to be a duo out of North Carolina that called themselves Sylvan Esso. There, singer, Amelia Meath, who was in an a cappella group called Mountain Man out of Vermont, and Nick Sanborn, who is a multi-instrumentalist electronic composer who also happened to be in a North Carolina psychedelic rock band called Megaphone for a number of years. They came together, and they filled each other's gaps. You've got this uh, singer, Meath, who uh, really didn't have a, a backing band, You had this composer, Sanborn, who was making all these tracks but didn't really have the sense of melody or the vocal chops to complete these tracks. They came together and they formed quite a partnership. They now have a self-titled debut album, Sylvan Esso, out. And they've got a track that is making the rounds on the Internet, one of the most talked about new groups out there, particularly because of this track and the traction it has gained from the blogosphere. It's called Coffee from Sylvan Esso on Sound Opinions.
1: It's a dance, we know the moves The bow, the dip, the woo Though the words are true The state is all news Wrap me in your arms I can't feel it, but Wrap me in your arms Arms, I can't. My words will dry upon the skin Just like a name I remember hearing Wild winters Warm coffee mom's has Do you love me? Blazing summer I
3: That is Sylvan Esso with a track called coffee, a track uh, recorded in Nick Sanborn's bedroom as part of this project. Jim, what's your final buried treasure?
2: Well, I like that Silvanesso record, too, but I ceded that one to you to talk about a band I've been meaning to talk about on the show called Tweens. You know, I teach reviewing the arts uh, criticism at, at Columbia College, Chicago, and it's rare that any of my students do an album review turning me on to something, but I did get one of the debut record, self-titled by Tweens. It's a trio out of Cincinnati led by an incredibly powerful, A vocalist guitarist named Bridget Battle in her early 20s. This review described the attitude that Bridget displays with tweens as being similar to Tina in Bob's Burgers. I know you don't watch TV or own a TV even, but Tina is this young woman who uh, is on the cusp of coming into her own sexually and she's uh, rather randy about it, but not in a lascivious way, sort of an empowering way. And I thought that was a really smart comparison because this record is just drenched in that feeling. And it, it references uh, both the Donnas, an all-female. Uh, punk band of just a couple of years ago and going back to The Runaways, you know Joan Jett's pioneering band in the 70s and even The Fabulous Stains the mockumentary band from the 80s it's not reinventing the wheel it is classic garage pop punk but it's just got a great attitude and it's about if the boys are bad basically you just be badder, okay? Here's what I'm talking about, it's tweens with a song called Be Mean on Sound Opinions by tweens on sound opinions my final buried treasure pick this time around
3: if you want to share your own buried treasure on the air or comment on anything in the rock and roll world call 888-859-1800 you can also email interact at soundopinions.org or talk to us on facebook and twitter we'll be back with some new album reviews in a minute on sound opinions from wbez chicago and distributed by prx Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and we are playing a new track from Brian Eno and Carl Hyde called Return. The new album is called High Life. So when I mention Brian Eno, you often hear this sound on Sound Opinions because we talk about Brian Eno a lot on this show. I don't know if people realize this, but Jim DeRigatis is the head of the worldwide Brian Eno fan club, and he's taking your emails right now about I, how much you know, he obsesses about Brian There actually <laughs> is such a thing, and I'm not. But, but I am a fan, yes. And I actually quite appreciate what Mr. Eno has done in the past as well. How can you not? He is one of the great thinkers, tinkerers, innovators in pop and experimental music, stretching back to the early 70s when he was in the original lineup of that uh, great U.K. art rock band, Roxy Music. And then he made a bunch of uh, 70s abstract pop albums. Here Come the Warm Jets, Another Green World would be great examples of that basically invented ambient music on a series of albums with titles like Music for Airports. He has been a collaborator and producer with groups like uh, Devo, Talking Heads, David Bowie, U2, most recently Coldplay. And he's also continued to make solo albums steadily throughout the decades. In the recent years, he's been working with people like David Byrne and the poet Rick Holland, uh, new electronic composers uh, like Leo Abrams and John Hopkins. Now he's working with Carl Hyde of Underworld that uh, U.K. electronic band uh, that has released about eight albums over the decades, the most popular of which came out in 96. It was called Second Toughest in the Infants, and it had a track on it called Born Slippy that maybe many of you heard on that Danny Boyle soundtrack mm-hmm. for uh, Train Spotting. Now Eno has invited Hyde to work on some of Eno's unfinished tracks in his studio, and that resulted in an album, Someday World, that came out a couple of months ago. Eno and Hyde were both so pleased with the results of what they got there that they immediately returned to the studio to work on some more stuff, and here we go with a second album that is just out called High Life. Here's a track from the High Life record. It's called Lilac from Eno and Hyde on Sound Opinions.
2: That is Lilac from the second Brian Eno Carl Hyde record of the year. High Life, the first was called Someday World. And Greg, I think we have to sort of talk about both of them together, since uh, High Life is sort of an extension of Someday World. Someday World, Eno had all these tracks together. You know, all Eno records start with a theory, (laughs) you know, and then he tries to make music out of the theory. And the idea here was what happens if I put Steve Reich or Philip Glass minimalism together with Fela Kute Afrobeats? And this is not a bad place to start, and now we have two records of it. The first was mainly Eno begun tracks that Hyde finished. The second is them working together. It's not the greatest stuff in the world, contrary to popular belief. I mean, I'll give you my grade right now. It's a buy-it. I buy everything Eno's ever done in any media, okay? So for me, it's a buy-it. For you, it's probably a burn-it. It's worthwhile to sample some of these tracks, but I think that there's two or three kinds of Eno, at least. There's the ambient Eno. It's just all instrumental, right? And then there's the, the great pop albums of the 70s. Another Green World, Before and After Science, Here Come the Warm Jets. What Eno fans love is when he sings. He has a wonderful voice. And he's singing here, but so is Hyde. We'd rather have just Eno, I think. But also what's wonderful about those records is the concise pop songcraft. And here what we have are kind of blown out funk jams with chants and occasional pop song melodies. Some Eno fans are saying this is this is way too poppy a set of music, both records. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's not poppy enough. If Eno's singing, I really want him to sing well. And I think the The last time he's done that was in the early 90s, uh, Wrong Way Up with John Cale. We haven't really gotten a proper pop Eno album since. But, you know, any Eno is good Eno as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I'm buying this because I buy all Eno. But you might want to try it.
3: Jim, I I see these two albums as very distinct. I think the first one, uh, Someday World, is his attempt at a pop record. The songs are more concise, and I do think it sort of fits into the overall scheme of, say, some of those 70s records, but not as good. Eno has said, these were kind of things that were sitting around, I needed to finish them. It does sort of sound not quite like A-grade Eno. I think where they finally hit their stride is when they went back into the studio and started over with the tracks that became High Life. The center of that record, and here's where you start to hear uh, the Fela Afrobeat mixed with the Philip Glass and Steve Reich classical minimalism, is centered on Carl Hyde's guitar playing. Not his vocals, but the guitar playing. Stretching out the tracks over these Afro futuristic beats and applying Eno's treatments of that guitar into the final mix. So it's Eno basically treating Hyde's guitar throughout this record and I think it's much more successful I think the second one is much more successful than the first because we're starting to get into some new areas here yeah, I feel but, like you know, you know Eno did this on a record called
2: my squelchy life in the 90s that he he decided not even to release we've heard Eno do funk before
3: well we have but I, I think he, he's very successful at it here and I think that track we just played lilac we didn't weren't, weren't able to play the entire nine minutes of it I think it's a really beautiful track and you talk about Eno singing we get it here gospel-influenced vocals, he talked to us about that when he was on the show, how gospel music has been a big part of his life, and he's bringing it to the fore here over that Carl Hyde guitar and those sort of Afrobeaty classical-minimalist uh, combos in the rhythm section to create, I think, one of his best tracks from the last decade. So while Someday World is kind of a try-it record verging on a trash-it for me, I think High Life is definitely a buy-it.
1: And become a waitress Say my name was Stacy And I was figuring things out See my baby He left me And I don't
2: That's a song called Waitress Song by First Aid Kit from their third album, Stay Gold, on Sound Opinions. Greg, I love the backstory here. Uh, These women have come a long way to get the notice that they're winning now in America with their first major label album. Joanna and Clara Soderberg grew up in the suburbs of Stockholm, Sweden. Loved music, began recording and composing together as teens in 2007. A demo, basically, of a song called Tangerine won Swedish Airplay, and by 2008, they had been signed to a label in London. By 2010, Americans were paying some serious attention. Jack White invited him to come down to Nashville and record a single at his third-man studios. Connor Ober of Bright Eyes was a big fan they recorded their second album with that band's Mike Mogus in Omaha they finally made it to the Midwest whose sounds they loved because they're steeped in the sort of country and roots sounds of the early 60s now comes album number three their first for Columbia Records they're signed now to a major label in America something that happens to almost nobody these days and they worked again with Mogus best known for Bright Eyes with a full 13 piece Orchestra. Very ambitious. The uh, title, Stay Gold, comes from a line of poetry by Robert Frost. Let's hear a song from the album. We'll come back and give our review. It's called Cedar Lane by First Aid Kit on Sound Opinions.
1: Rose after rose a passenger plans headed out again running on. Motel blues, only bad news I'm never looking for you, you find me all the same I lie awake at night, envisioning a trace from the past This heavy heart of
3: That is Cedar Lane from First aid kit on Sound Opinions, the new album called "Stay Gold." I love that song. I love the harmonies that the uh, Soderbergh sisters are showing on this track, and really throughout their career, that's really their calling card. You know, that mix of uh, Laurel Canyon '70s folk rock, you know, pop and country. It's like they belong in that era, even though they're way too young to have remembered it firsthand. But they were huge fans of that era. They had some success a couple of years ago with a track called Emmy Lou," paying tribute to one of their heroines, Amy Lou. Harris. And you can hear that influence here. This is a dark record by their standards. You know, they, they, they had that sort of teen innocence on their earlier records. Now they've been around the world. They've been touring steadily. These are road songs, and they talk about weariness of being on the road, of missing home, missing their boyfriends. But it's not despairing. When you talk about the hollowness that is referenced in some of these songs, they don't really sound hollow and emptied out and despairing. They somehow sound optimistic through it all. They make it sound bearable. Well, you know, you know I mean,
2: Robert Frost is
3: not the deepest no, of poets. No. Mr.
2: Second Road, less traveled. You know, nature's first green is gold, her hardest you to hold. So dawn goes down today, nothing gold can stay. That's the vibe, right? I mean, that's as dark as you get.
3: Yeah, it's melancholy and dry rather than despairing and, and really dark. I mean, I've heard road albums where it just sounds like, you know, you're, you're not going to make it yeah. through another day. And one of the lines in this record that sort of jumps out at me is something good will come out of this. You know, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're not jaded yet. We still yeah. believe in music. We believe in what we're doing. And it's hard not to be taken in by that optimism. They're not really doing anything new. It's a beautiful sounding record. As, as I said, the harmonies are the key to this record. Mogus does a great job introducing the strings and the orchestration to sort of flesh out the tracks. I still think the best record is ahead for the Soderbergh sisters. I don't think they've made their classic record yet, but they're getting closer with this one. It's a try-it record.
2: Oh, I'll I'll buy it. I, I'm very happy. I love the harmonies on this record, Greg. I'll tell you, there was all that attention last year for the band Heim doing all uh, the same uh, similar Laurel Canyon thing. I think these young women from Sweden do it a million times better. Something interesting always happens when American roots music is tackled by people from outside of America. I always think of what John Langford does in the Waco Brothers. Okay, and I think that they bring a certain Swedish pop sensibility to these songs, even when they're singing about death. And sorrow and loneliness. Uh, it's it's a really gorgeous album, and so it's a buy it for me. What do we have on the show next week?
3: Next week, Jim, we have an interview with the man who brought us "This Is Spinal Tap." Director Rob Reiner.
2: Sound opinion senior producers are Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. Our production assistant is Anthony Martinez, and our intern is Sam Taylor.
3: On sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888 859
0: 1800. New messages.
3: Hi, my name is Nick Galbertson from Springfield, Illinois got listening to your best album so far. I had no idea you guys were such punk rockers. I heard all punk rock during that episode. I was a little disappointed. As far as my nominations, the new Ray LaMontagne and the new Beck just seemed to be hitting the right notes with me, hitting a mellow time, and it's the perfect kind of music for that sort of mood. doing a great job. Appreciate your work. Thanks.
0: As a driving wheel Circling around your iron will, See Only what you feel
3: Hi, Jim and Greg. This is Wayne. I'm calling from El Sobrante, California. I just listened to your really interesting Purple Rain dissection and a great interview with Wendy and Lisa. I saw that Purple Rain tour in San Francisco, and it was fantastic. However, I I must criticize you for the inexplicable choice of bleeping the word masturbating in Darling Nikki. Why, why did you do that? I knew a
5: girl named Nikki I guess you could say she was a sex fiend I met her in a hotel lobby Masturbating with a magazine She said, how'd you like to waste some time And I could not resist When I saw little Nikki grind
3: <laughs> Masturbating is not a bad word And so if you... It's not a uh, obscenity. It's not an obscene word. It's entirely legitimate to use that word on the radio or anywhere. So by censoring that song, all you did was give Tipper Gore and the Yahoos of the Parents Music Resource Commission uh, more fuel. You know, it was just a really weird choice. But other than that, a fine show. Really great to revisit that record. Really great to hear those two talk about their contributions to it. That's all.
5: can tell
8: you what you did to me But my body will never be the same It's Gail Gann calling. Um, I just heard that Sound Opinions is doing a thing on Purple Rain. I was like, oh my God, I should tell my story. So when Prince was playing the Purple Rain tour in Syracuse, I lived in Rochester, New York at the time, and the last song, Let's Go Crazy, he had people picked out of the audience. ...to come up on stage, and I was one of the scantily clad girls in a purple corset... ...that got asked to come up on stage and dance with Prince and Sheila E. And, and if you have the Purple Rain video from the concert, I'm on it. I actually had snuck out to go to the concert, though, and got away with it... ...except later that year, because the video came out, I got busted... That I was at that concert
0: here
5: to,
8: when I was supposed to be home quietly studying in Rochester, New York. All right, take care.
5: Bye.